0: All right, guys, welcome to another uh, Doodles podcast. Cheers to Uh, you. Doing it from the BBI. Uh, Sorry if there's a little bit of noise going on. We got the generator running so I can have all the power to everything. And uh, then we're outside currently at White Bay here, uh, which is Soggy Dollar. I'm looking at it. Actually, if you were to look at the Soggy Dollar live cam, you could probably see us sitting there on the boat. We're doing a Navigar flotilla. It's a lot of fun. Uh, So I'm gonna get right into it here and answer all our patrons questions. I'll get to it and i'll explain how it works after that um uh, so we have sk uh, steve and aaron they've been a member since january so I love this year brand new thank you says uh, new patron here love your channel we are hoping to retire and live aboard a boat at least half of the year and travel the world you obviously like Catarin since you're having one built is that the boat you recommend as a live aboard and if so why well it's been my experience sorry let me get my mic a little better here um that uh okay catamarans are generally more stable at especially at anchor um and uh, you don't heal over like a monohull uh when sailing um it does have some weird characteristics kind of like a flip-flop thing when you're in certain waves that are a certain amount of speed or a certain distance apart. So it gets a little bit um wonky uh but i will say in general Every most every woman I've talked to prefers a catamaran over a monohull and Most of the time it's the men that want to go do the sailing and cruise around the world And they just want to make the ladies happy so they do it Uh, so they do whatever they can to get the ladies on board to go and so They choose a catamaran that being said uh, for me uh, for a cat Personally, I would like a 45 to 52, which I'm having a 52 foot built. So I have the Island spirit 525 uh, should be finished next month. And, uh, we're going to do, uh, uh we're going to actually be at the Miami boat show, February 17th. We're going to have a happy hour with Navigar who is the salespeople for it. Uh, and so going to have, uh, uh, them, uh, we're going to do a happy hour and a, and a kind of a and A about the Island Spirit 525. So if you'd like to do there, there's a link down below, please RSVP. So we know how many people, um, uh, are going to show up. Uh, so anyway, for me, uh, catamaran 45 to 50 feet, 52, mine's 52. That's fine. Uh, is what I would deem, um, a good size for a couple cruising around the world. If you have kids and all that, you want to lean more towards the 50 side. Uh, but there are people that do it in a 40. This is, we're on a 42 foot uh, lagoon right now. And that would be just fine. Um, the only reason I say 45 and above is because I like having a proper flybridge on top and really you only get a proper flybridge at about, sorry, my nose is there, uh, uh, at about 45 feet and above. So that's what I'd choose there. That being said, I mean, if you can do like a high quality 60 foot monohull or something like that, i that's what I'd love to do too. I mean, like get a nice high or a passport or a, you know, one of those, uh, you know, high end, you know, a 60 foot high end lot yacht like that's over 2 million though. So, I mean, you're going to pay for it. Uh, but you know, they hold their value and they're pretty nice boats. So that's what I do. So, all right. So I'm answering my patrons questions. You can become a patron or a channel member. And I, uh, if you go to patreon.com slash sailing doodles, uh, you can become a, a patron and I will answer all your questions in the next ask me anything. All right. So DLA member since uh, brand new as well. Have you always sold your previous vessels at a profit or break even? Please describe generally at least broken. Even uh, within a few thousand dollars of, of, of what I had into it. Um, so like the, the Jeanneau I had in Greece, I think I paid, you know, 57 for it. And I put at least 10 into it and I sold it for 65. Uh, you know, and then my, the C-Ray I've got you know, I bought it for 60 or close to that 64. Maybe I can't remember. And, uh, I'll have, you know, 80 into it total. And so I'm going to try to sell it for 80. I think I can. And then the dark side, I've, you know, bought it for 200. I put at least 20 into it and I sold it for 225. I mean, so pretty much breaking even, but I've only had them for, you know, the see this, you know, the, you only four months and then, you know, six months and then, you know, the, the, the uh, uh, the, the Hatteras only like a year and a half, so. But I've always kind of broken even. It's it's about buying the boat. That's the most important thing. Is like you know you make your money on a boat or you break even on a boat when you buy the boat. Don't buy one you got to spend a ton of money on. All right, Larry the Legend member since January as well. Thank you. Uh, what's the perfect makeup of a Doodle Crew? How many girls, guys, and how many will fit uh, on the new cat? Uh, so I'd say uh, I like having at least three. I think three is a good number. It depends on the size of the boat Um, because with two people, you just don't have enough. I mean, you need two hands on the boat, four hands, whatever you want to call it. You know, somebody driving the boat and somebody handling lines or when you're adjusting sails, you generally need kind of two people. So having three, that means you have a third person to film. Uh, That being said, you know, I wouldn't mind having four. Um, You know, uh, generally it's, you know, me and two girls. Uh, or it's been me and three girls, which is fine too. Um, but it would also be, maybe we, we will look for a couple, like a guy and a girl, um, or a girl, girl, whatever. We had a girl, girl, couple before, who cares, uh, to come help film, uh, when we get the new boat. So that's, that's kind of three to four is generally, okay. Two is fine. I, I prefer three just cause it makes the videos better. Michael and Monica, member since May of 21. Thank you. Uh, sponsors, how does that work again? How much, uh, do they help? Love you guys. Well, are you talking like, like high field and precision sales and stuff like that? Okay. So, uh, those kind of sponsors like boat related sponsors generally, you know, like I, I don't necessarily charge them because I get their equipment for free, which I really love. Like the high field dinghy. I love that thing. And so it's a pretty expensive dinghy. Um, you know, for the one I get, it's all kitted out and everything's really nice. And so, yeah, I mean, technically, you know, I, I could maybe be a little stingy and charge them maybe, but I don't care, whatever they helped me out early on and, and gave me a pretty expensive dinghy when we weren't as big and now they're doing it again. And so like, I, it's, I'm not worried about it. Uh, and then like same with precision sales, they helped me out when I was pretty young and didn't have a whole lot uh, and, you know, they're going to be doing the sales for our new boat. And, you know, we're getting, you know, those sales, all the stuff will be twenty twenty five thousand $25,000. So, you know, having that is fine. Uh, I'm okay with just doing that. And then are you talking like sponsors, like, like babble and all that? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, it can be a significant portion of income. So that's why we do it. All right. Uh, Bill uh, asks, uh, he's a member since September. Thank you. I'm a lawyer ver- viewer since 2018. Well, thank you becoming, for becoming a patron. Um, back before Laura on the boat permanently. Anyway, uh, what do you think about the trimaran Le Vagabond is sailing? I don't think it's working out. What do you think? Sales are very big. I, I mean, I'm not, I, I, I never thought it was a great idea from the beginning. Um, I, I understand why because Riley really loves the actual sailing aspect of cruising. Um, he really loves going fast and he loves sailing, right? I mean, I like sailing, but it's more of a means to an end to be able to go here to white bay and hang out. You know what I mean? Uh, and so they put the sailing first over the cruising aspect, I guess you say. And that's the kind of thing I think they're going to have a problem with is because they normally have the, they have the two kids, the two adults, plus then they always have some kind of crew. And and as my understanding, that trimaran is only 60 feet and and, 60 feet, even though it is 60 feet, it only has two cabins. And it's kind of a, a lot to handle for sailing. So, you know, he kind of needs crew for there. so I just don't know how that's going to work out for him, but I wish him the best. I wouldn't do it, but all right, Michael and Monica, cold beer, ice, love it cold. Uh, is that an issue on the boat? Um, generally speaking, no, uh, my last boat had an ice. well, my Hatteras had an ice maker. So it was always nice having ice. I mean, that's what I, and then for that, I just have one of those tabletop ice makers. So like you know, say we're going to run the generator, make some ice. It'll make ice and then take it out, put it in a bag, put it in the freezer. And then you have ice or just put it in the cooler or just get a designated ice maker or something like that. That keeps it cold. Uh, or you can always use the little, you know, the little trays and put it in the freezer. Um, so no, uh, I, I mean, it depends on where you are, but like, so on the sea ray, we don't have an ice maker and I, I, but you know, every, I have a, it's not a Yeti, but it's one of those, it's a Yeti knockoff. And it, uh, it has, uh, it'll keep ice for like four days, you know, with beer and all that stuff in it. And so like every four days I just go get two or three bags of ice, you know, at at the marina or there's always some kind of shop nearby or something like that and get ice. And then I have ice for three or four days. So it's not been too big a deal. Um, Robert Seiko, uh, member since September. Thank you. Can you please settle the most important question? (laughs) Are Amanda's boobies natural? Yes, they are. Uh, There was a reply to that, she's answered that in a previous podcast, and yes, they are. Darren says that. He's a member since uh, March, thank you, sir. Uh, Eric says he's a member since uh, August of 22. I have no questions, my dude, enjoy. Thank you. Michael and Monica, again, I've heard it's dangerous in the Bahamas uh, more than normal. Is that true? Well, so there was a, uh, what do they call that, Uh, you know, the State Department put out like a warning like for the Bahamas, but that's mostly just Nassau. Uh, Nassau is the, really the only place, I mean, maybe there's some in Freeport, but Nassau is the, really the only place where you're going to have crime like that. You get out in the, uh, the Abacos or the Exumas and places like that, and you're fine. There's no danger there. It's really just Nassau. That's where they have the gangs and stuff like that. So I wouldn't do worry about it too much unless you're going to Nassau and then you're probably okay. Just stay in the tourist areas and, and be vigilant, you know, uh, SP Rupert, uh, Rupert, uh, member since February of 2020. Thank you. Uh, How has the boat industry changed over the last few years? Have you found it more difficult to get insurance on boats? Does your past incident record negatively affect your premium? Well, I never actually filed uh, an incident, so no. Um, uh, uh, Yeah, so ever since the hurricanes in 2017 that wiped out basically all the moorings and all the boats in the BVI and St. Martin and all that, insurance has gone up and they've actually made it somewhat more difficult to get insurance in general um and i especially think that's boats i've always heard though and it was true in my experience with uh man there's a lot of swell coming in here maybe anyway um maybe it's been uh, that american registered boats are more expensive to register than uh you know like i bought the boat in greece and it was it was pretty cheap to register and then like my sea ray i've got it insured for like 75,000 or something like that. And my premium was like 2,400 for the year. So it's not terrible. Um, You just got to shop around. Um, Domestic boat insurance is relatively easy to get, not too crazy, but like I did have a problem getting insurance in the Bahamas. I had to go through several different brokers to find somebody that would insure me in the Bahamas. So it's not always easy. Uh, Yeah. It's it's kind of a pain, but yeah. Um, All right. John Turner, member since September. Just wondering why you prepare the possibility of your lithium batteries catching fire, how I prepare, catching fire at sea. Fire suppression at sea has always been a threat to prepare for, uh, and there's a couple of replies. Uh, Darren says there's no real solution, have a look at when EV fires go up, the department just lets them burn themselves out. Uh, if lithium batteries on a boat go up, then the boat burns to the waterline, uh, probably below the waterline, honestly. I'm an ex-avionics technician and I've contacted several boat manufacturers and they have no solution. I've suggested an ejectable unit that always is the least uh, um, at that way. At least the boat is salvageable. And John replied, I'm very aware of the answer to my question. If these Tesla's batteries perform as well as they have been, they will catch fire and the boat will burn to the waterline. I think you should invest heavily in a life raft. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically you're right. If, if the lithium batteries catch on fire, I mean, you're done. Um, you can't put the fire out, uh, cause they create their own oxygen when they burn. Um, and yeah, uh, I would, uh, yeah, you just have to have a life raft, uh, you know, but I think the, the positive outweighs the benefit the negative, as far as like just battery capacity and, and, and longevity and use, uh, you know, yes. When lithium batteries first came out, they did catch fire a lot. Now there's very few lithium batteries that catch on fire that don't have some kind of mechanical defect. Uh, or cause, Uh, you know, yeah. If a Tesla crashes and the battery pack is, um, is a, you know, made vulnerable, so impacted whatever, then yeah, you could have some fire, but I mean, like no hard, you'd have to crash a boat to like mess up the battery, like, you know, physically damage the battery. So I think it's pretty safe, but yeah, you just have to have a life raft and, you know, insurance. Um, Chris, a member since uh, twenty September. have you seen uh, moorings failure, um, on the wandering hillberry YouTube channel. I've heard a lot about it. I haven't watched it. You always check your moorings and you often see bad moorings. Um, I have checked, um, moorings before, especially if I'm in an area where I am a little you know, dubious on how well they've been maintained. Uh, like here in the BVI, generally not, I think I, I don't, I haven't watched the video. I don't know what beach he was on when his mooring broke, uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, I check them when I'm, when I'm, when I'm, when I suspect they're not well maintained, I do check them. And I've, I've, I've seen some that like the mooring block was, was way too small, but I don't think it was meant for a big boat. I think it was meant for more like a, like a center console or something like that. So yeah. Um, what's the best way to learn to sail? That's from Patrick member since May. Uh, well, you know, the sailing doodle sailing school, go to Sailingdoodles.com and I do have a six hour course on how to sail. And then if you like that course, you can actually get the credit for what you spent on that course with Island Spirit. They have a, a zero to hero class in, uh, the, in, Baham- in, uh, in, in uh, Thailand where you can go learn to sail. So, uh, I would recommend doing something like that, but it takes some lessons. Uh, you know ASA in the US, or you know RYA in Europe, or IYT, all that stuff, and take some lessons. Uh, David Haney, member since September. What's the largest YouTube check you've ever gotten? What's the largest monthly support you've ever received from both Patreon and channel memberships? You work your ass off producing great content and building a great channel, and people want to know if building a YouTube channel and business has good financial worth. If someone works as hard as you do with the most you receive in sponsorship deals you've ever had. I don't want to get too much into money. Um, I mean, uh, in general, like ad YouTube ad revenue is down, um, over the last couple of years. I mean, it, it spiked in 2021. Um, and it's come down, uh, over the last couple of years, but I mean, it's still, it's still better than any real job. Uh, even if it didn't make as much money, Uh, or it didn't make enough to whatever. I mean, it's, it's still better than a real job. So yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, they're, gosh, some of those guys are making millions, you know? I mean, like the, the, uh, Mr. Beast that get, you know, a billion views a month. Those guys are making so much money. It's crazy. Michael and Monica again, um, does the inboard food and drink typically work out on the flotilla? How does the inboard food? Um, well, mostly we just do breakfast on the boats and we'll do mo about half the lunches on the boat and the other half you know the, so half the time we're actually sailing during lunch and so we'll eat lunch on the boat sometimes like we're here now we got here before lunch so after this podcast we're going to go uh up to, to soggy dollar actually head hideout, and have lunch and then most dinners are on shore kind of a social thing so and they ask again any plans to visit saint martin or saint bart's yeah i've done it several times saint martin is like my favorite island in the caribbean that's the one island i could live on saint bart's is pretty but very expensive, Um, you know, worth a stop, but don't spend much time there. Uh, Lance, a member since uh, December of 21. Thank you. Uh, They always say don't buy the first model of a new car. Uh, Let them work the bugs out. Does the post, does the same apply to holes of every new boat? Uh, Do you have worries? Well, generally they say don't buy hole number one, uh, which is what I'm getting, but I know the company, I know they'll make any, any defects worth it. I know they'll make it right. So, Um, you know, I've been over there to their factory multiple times during the build and have seen it from the inside out. So I know the quality that's going into it. I think it's a pretty good boat. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, all right, Glenn, good. All you guys, how's it going? A member since March of 22. Uh, well, what can I ask your... You're a great couple. Sorry. Anyway, Amanda is a beauty. You're not too bad looking, as a rough old sea dogs go. Thank you. Uh, No, we were kidding. Both look great together. In fact, Bobby, it looks quite weird. Thank you. I've been working out a lot lately. Question Would Amanda ever do a bikini photo shoot, say on a boat or on the beach? Uh, She would nail it. Yeah, actually, you can check out her Patreon, uh, Amanda Zachary, Z A K R I, and she does have some uh, bikini photo shoots on there. Go check her out. Um, and added thought, my wife has done a bikini shoot while on a holiday beach. Yep. We've done some several of those where she posted video. So I loved it. she is not a professional model. And, and I thought the bikinis a bit micro for more for the bedroom, not for the beach, but there was a lot of laughter and always make sure, uh, they are a reputable company that's uh, well known. If you feel, com- if you feel uncomfortable, stop. I hear you. Uh, well, I mean, it's amazing how small the bikinis are getting these days. So yeah, I've actually had to, uh, edit around them because some of them are just too small to put on YouTube. But yeah, we've done several. You can check her stuff out online. All right, Curtis, a member since uh, January. Uh, Last time I asked Amanda about Bobby made you want to jump his bones. Now for Bobby, why is Amanda your dream girl besides her smoking hot looks? And when do we put a ring on her? Well, who knows about that? But uh, yeah, no, she. uh, I mean, number one, she's she is beautiful and she's very easy to get along with and we do get along really well. uh, but she also kind of understands how the marketing game works in YouTube and how it all does. So it just, everything clicks very well. So uh, yeah, that's, that's, she's just a good fit in all the different ways. Will Miller, uh, member since October of 21. Thank you. Um, Hey Bobby, any plans to come back to Europe? Would love to catch you and Amanda at a meetup in mainland Europe or London. We did a lit a meetup in London a long time ago. That's been five or six years. Um, we are planning a flotilla in Croatia this summer. So we'll be in Europe. Um, I, I don't know exactly the dates yet for that, but we'll probably be setting it up soon. So yes, we will have a flotilla in, in Croatia. Um, be on the lookout. I will post about it. And you guys, especially the patrons will get first crack at signing up uh, for the flotillas. So thank you for being a patron. You get so I mean, I get I on these flotillas. I always uh, announce it to patrons about a week before it goes public. To everybody else so that the patrons get first crack at it and channel members um and uh and then of course we release to everybody else uh and then we also do a uh we do a drawing for a patron to join us on this flotilla we actually so we didn't do a drawing because i i we ended up being put on this boat which is a lagoon 42 called blue heron and i know the owners of that uh, from uh, from meeting them at navagar so i invited them to come on their own boat and be part of the flotilla so that well uh cecil lee what's up man how you doing yeah october 20. you've been a long point long time uh supporter there in singapore thank you cecil um when you install a water maker on your boat how do you attach it to the inside of the hole do you epoxy it to the inside of the boat do you drill holes in the hole and attach it with screws what other methods might be used to decide uh, which method to use thanks well yeah so I mean, you do have to have uh, two, yeah, two uh, through holes on your uh, on your boat, you have one on the bottom of the hull, and you put a through hole fitting on it. And it's got a valve that you can open and close to shut it off if you need to. Um, and that takes raw seawater takes it to the uh, water maker. And then generally, you don't attach the water maker to the hole, you'll have some kind of like subframe in there that you attach it to. Um, and so you don't drill holes through the hole to do that. And then you will have another um, uh, exit and that this one is generally above the water line it's the uh, brine water uh, bypass so it takes all the seawater or the brine stuff and it bypasses it out and so you have to have two holes in your boat for that but uh, yeah that's how that works uh alfred windler uh, member since 2018 wow the longest one yet today thank you uh, what brand of sales will be on the new boat? Precision sales. I think mean, you go to precision sales.com. They have handled all the sales on my boat since basically, well, season two. So kind of nice. I've always had a really good relationship with them. Brett Fields, what's up, man? Uh, member since 17. I spoke too long, too soon. He's been member since February 17. I only started the channel in like November. So, like uh, three months in, he was a supporter. Thank you. I appreciate it, Brett. Um, it's been a long sale so far when you started the channel. Did you have any idea it would become so big and obviously a job? Did you have any goals or business plan for the sailing doodles at first or just winging it besides regrets or lowest points so far? The biggest accomplishments and highs. What do you see yourself in five years? Salute. Um, well, I, I didn't think it'd get as big as it did, but I mean, because there wasn't uh, seven years ago when I started this six, eight years ago, almost. I mean, it wasn't the same market on YouTube as it is now. I mean, you could make money on YouTube, but barely. Now you can make an actual career out of it. So it's a different story there. Um, But I did from the very beginning, and I think that's why Sailing Doodles has prospered and done well compared to other sailing channels that started at the same time, or even before, um, is because I took it as a job from day one. I mean, like I did one video a week for first year, and then every, since then, I've done two videos a week. And without fail, I don't miss. Uh, there's been a couple times when I've only done one video a week because I just was running low on content and we had to go film. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a job and I treat it as such. Like I I reinvest everything in the company and you're know, buying new camera gear or new equipment to make better quality production and all that. So uh, biggest regrets, I mean, uh, not starting sooner. I mean, if I had started like when Le Vagabond did two years before me then, then, um, I mean, cause if you look at, I don't know if it's exactly the same, but like the started two years, uh, before I did they're at 1.9 million subscribers. And I think Delos started two or three years before I did. And they're at nine, almost 900,000 subscribers. We're at 640,000 subscribers. And we actually have the second most, we have like almost 400 million views. The only channel that has any more views than us is the vagabond with 420 million. And like the next channel is like Delos and they're, like 240 to our almost 400. So like we just, you know, work pretty hard at it. Um, but if, yeah, if I had started two years before, I'd probably have one and a half million subscribers or be about the same level as the vagabond. So I just wish I had started earlier at the main thing. Um, and I guess the biggest accomplishment was when I think we reached 400 patrons. That was kind of our break even point, like where we could afford, like still eating rice and beans, but when we got 400 patrons was when um, we were able to live on our earnings. Um, but I mean, when I say live on the earnings, we were still eating spam and like, you know, not staying in marinas and all that. So it, it, it was still a very, uh, uh, Spartan life there, but yeah. Uh, so those would be the two things there. That was probably it. All right. Fred Bates member since January. Um, how many gallons of fuel water holding tanks are on your new cat? Honestly, I don't know. I'd have to look at it. I I, I think it was like. I want to say 150 gallons of fuel, um, something like that. And water, I think it was more, I was about the same maybe. I I don't know offhand, I'd have to look. Uh, do you have any plans to get engaged? No plans yet, so we'll see. Bob Row Ruff, member since May of 22, thank you. I definitely not want to know, sorry, definitely want to know when you and Amanda enter San Diego Bay next, would like to meet you guys ever happy. All right, we'll do it. I don't know when, but uh, yeah, sounds good to me. Aaron Bradley member since December of 22. Thank you. Is Dakota single? I believe she is currently single. Um, so yeah, uh, Scott collar, um, member since December. Um, so why is Amanda covered with thumb bruises head to toe slippery when wet? Yeah. We kind of joke about it all the time. People think I'm beating her or something. No, it's just, she bruises kind of easy and she she's getting darker, but she was extremely pale when she first joined me on the boat and it's uh, just i don't know just, just very pale and so i mean it's boat life man you're always stubbing your toe you're always banging something you're always bruising yourself and so that's just it i mean like yeah nobody's beating or nobody's doing anything it's just it's boat life uh william resh member since october of 21 thank you hey Bobby, always enjoy these ask me anything podcasts actually learn a lot from them and your firsthand experiences thank you i admittedly very safety conscious with things in general but could you explain um any recommendations, safety measures to prevent going overboard, clipping in, having uh, trailing lifelines, etc. Uh I noticed you go up the mast when underway and most often don't have a life jacket on. Is that reference experience or other thanks in advance? Well, going up the mast, not having a life jacket on, uh I wouldn't wear one even if going up the mast, because number one, you're clipped in when you're going up the mast, generally speaking. I mean I guess you could go up to the sail bag and not do it, but if you're going up the mast to do something, like you're being you're in a bosun's chair going up and your life jacket would just catch on something. So I wouldn't, I mean, Hey, I'm not a professional. This is, you know, this is not, don't take this as advice. This is what I do. Um, you can have Jack lines. So you can, if you're doing, if you're doing an open ocean passing, uh, crossing, then yeah, I mean, I normally do that. Put a, put a Jack line. Uh, you, it's a line that runs on a cat. You do it down each hole on a monohole, You just want run, run one and, or I guess you could run each side, whatever. And it's a line connected to the forward and the middle part of the boat. And then you have your life jacket on that has clips, then you clip into that so that if you do go overboard, you're, you know, it'll hurt, but you're not going to be left behind. Um, when we're just sailing around here, day sailing, it's not bad weather. We don't bother with any of that stuff. Uh, uh, but, uh, as far as life jackets went underway, like on an open ocean crossing, um, basically what I tell everybody is at night, if you leave the cockpit, you're wearing a life jacket. With a light, and I always put uh, uh, a uh, um, AIS transponder on my life jackets. Uh, so if you're like if you're going up there to work on something on deck, and you got to get up there, and you're and you're leaving the cockpit, you're wearing a life jacket that has that on there. Because if you go overboard at night, if you don't have that on, you're you're dead. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I know people that every time the boat's moving, they're putting life jackets on on everybody on board. We don't really do that; it's just a personal preference. I recommend you consult your own person before taking any of my advice. Um, anyway, uh, so, uh, Joshua Rector, uh, member since October of 22, uh, why get the Island spirit over the Lagoon, Bali, Fontainebleau? Is it all about the electric option? How do you think electric would do for charter? I'm considering buying and putting into charter Navigar. Well, um, I, so with Island Spirit, I've known the guys for, I've known the owners of that since basically in between season one and two, I went to Thailand just to screw around and then met with the owner there about talking about buying boats and they were still building, they were building some new models, but anyway, started doing some videos with them and we had a long time relationship with them. So and I've been over to their factory several times. And so, uh, I think they make a quality boat. I didn't like the other models. They had a 38 and a 41. I just didn't really care for them that much. I mean, they're good charter boats, like for day charter stuff. But like a liveaboard, I didn't really like the layout. Um, so there was that. Um, and honestly, it's a, it's about. Uh, I mean, I do think the Island Spirit is a good quality boat. And I think the electric is a, is a good option. And and I think the electric hybrid thing that's that the, uh, you know uh, Island Spirit is doing is the future of boats. I really do. I think it's going to be. Why have three internal combustion engines on the boat with all that maintenance and all that? I mean, like internal combustion engines waste, I I forget the exact percentage of their power with heat, right? Whereas electric motors are much more efficient. So if you can just have one internal combustion engine, which is your generator that can charge all the batteries and run the motors and all that, it's much more efficient, less maintenance on the fuel oil changes and all the other overall parts, you know, water you know, impellers and all that stuff, a lot less stuff to do and it's a much more simple system. And, you know, if you, if your electric motor goes out, it's a real easy swap. I mean, and those electric motors are considerably cheaper. Like a 52 foot cat, you would need probably 75 or hundred horsepower Yanmars on them. And um, maybe you get away with 57s, but it's probably more like a 75 horsepower. And those are, you know, to replace one of those is 30, 40 grand. So I think the electric motors are a lot cheaper. Uh, and then, I mean, I, so also it's just, you know, Island spirit was willing to do a, a, uh, a deal with me. And so the banger manufacturers, like the Fountain Bajos and the Lagoons, they have like a two year wait list, uh, to buy a boat. So, you know, they don't, they've never done any brand deals with any YouTubers. And if you look at the, on, the only companies that have done deals with, with, uh, with YouTubers, they've all been kind of boutique or smaller builders that need to get their name noticed. Um, so like Fountain Bajos, Lagoon all that, they just have no interest in it because you know, why would they, they already have a wait list two years long. So it's that, um, uh, but, and, and I, I live, I really like, but I really like the design of the Island Spirit. I think it's taken. So the different part of the design is as my understanding is that Island Spirit and Navigar, I don't exactly know how they connected. I think it was through the charter network. And so Navigar goes to say Lagoon and says, we really like your boats, but we wish you would change this, this, and this. And Lagoon's like, no, it's our boat. We do it the way we want it. Whereas, you know, Navigar has been in the charter business now for a, quite a while and they get feedback from all their clients. Like, I wish it had a full size refrigerator. I wish it had a door in the front. I wish it had a fly bridge. I wish it had all this other stuff. And so Island Spirit and Navigar are kind of like, all right, well, what all do we need to put in here? Like, I wish it had a forward seating area so we can hang out, you know? Like the Lagoon 460 or the 420, it has a little pad up there, but it'd be so much nicer if it had seating. And there's plenty of room for a seating area on the deck on the, on top of the the bridge up there. They don't do it either. And it's just kind of like, honestly, I mean, I think a lot of that with the, with the legacy, uh, manufacturers is just unwillingness to change. I mean, and you do see some of the, like some of the new, the newer brands, uh, or more hungry brands like the Bollies and the Leopards, They've done a fantastic job uh, with their design. I mean, you know, the Bollies, in my opinion, they have some quality issues, uh, but their design is great. Um, I don't know that I necessarily like the whole no trampoline thing on the Bali, but everything else on it is great. Um, And same with Leopard. They've really come a long way just in the few years. I mean, like in the last 10 years, the design on the Leopards has changed considerably, and it's much better, in my opinion. So there's that it, it's, uh, it, that that's what, so if you do end up wanting to uh, buy one and put it in charter, please say you saw it on sailing doodles that helps me out. Um, so yeah, I appreciate it. Steve Robinson, I, I remember since uh, February of 21, I do maintenance maintenance Mondays watching you process through the issues of what's uh, was then an older boat. It reminded me of when you had the fiberglass repaired the last episode, you drifted away from that over time because there was other responses or why okay, you drifted away that was this because of responses to it? Or was it something you no longer needed to use footage wise? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, those videos just don't do as well. Uh, I think they are great to the, to the, to the loyal fan base, but they don't bring in new views. Um, I would like to start doing some more of those, um, you know, but we, uh, been bouncing around on other boats for a while so when i get on my own boat full time maybe you'll see some more of that but hopefully it's a brand new boat so we won't need to do too many maintenance monies. but it's always a boat it's always doing something but we'll see how it goes all right last question james donner member since march of 21 thank you have you run into the dark side since being there i missed that boat uh no it is in the west coast of florida i don't want to say exactly where for his privacy um but uh no i haven't seen it yet uh but i know he's he's done a lot of uh upgrades to it and everything. And that's kind of his little, uh, man cave. So I know it's doing well, the guy that bought it. So, but all right, guys, thank you for all your questions. Uh, and, uh, glad I can help you get them answered there. Hopefully, uh, give us a like and a subscribe to the podcast. If you're not already, please check it out on wherever you get your audio podcast and give it a thumbs up, a star or a review, wherever. So it can grow on the audio side of things. Um, and, uh, if you would like your questions answered on the next podcast, go to patreon.com slash uh, sailing doodles and you can get your questions answered. I think the uh, girls are doing a little photo shoot out of the bow, which I need to uh, take part in. So thank you guys. We'll see you on the next video.